The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. We have two new managers in the Premier League, although both are familiar faces to the fans. At Arsenal, they announced on Friday that former captain Mikel Arteta is taking over. He's assisted Pep Guardiola at Manchester City since 2016. But this is his first ever go at being the number one. And what a job he's got. Arsenal are seven points off the top four. And to add spice to his appointment, Arteta will watch his new team Faces his old side today. His old side being Everton, who have in the last 40 minutes announced the rather impressive coup of three-time Champions League winner Carlo Ancelotti as their new manager. Duncan Ferguson remains in charge of the team today with the ex-Chelsea, Juventus, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, I could go on, manager starting work tomorrow. New eras at two of English football's most storied clubs and they play each other first thing today. Good morning. Welcome along to Premier League Mornings. The two Robbies are in the studio this morning. Let's get straight to it. Robbie Earl, Mm. your reaction to two quite fascinating appointments. Wow. It almost feels like there should be a job swatch, that Arteta should be going to Everton, maybe Angelotti going to Arsenal. Listen, that's not the case. Arteta has got the job. It's one of the top three jobs in the country, the top three teams in the country. It's a giant of a football club with, at the moment, an average team. And it's a huge job for somebody to go in and not only mend the issues at the moment, Rebecca, get them back competitive, try and get to top four, and then winning trophies. And you're giving all that responsibility to a man who's never coached before. We don't know his management style, his tactics, his style of play. What's his transfer activity going to be? Everything is up in the air. It is absolutely a, a gamble. They weren't safe hands with Unai Emery the first time around. They've gone with a gamble now with Mikel Arteta. Although I have to say, it's a gamble I quite like. Interesting. He's already in a seat, by the way. He is at Goodison Park. That's Edu on his left, the technical director of Arsenal. Robbie? Mm. Well, I mean, it's... I mean, in some ways, he ticks a lot of boxes for Arsenal, OK? He's a former player, a former captain... We kind of know, Rob, that his philosophy, he's talking yeah. about his philosophy of mm-hmm. being expressive and entertaining football. They want to dictate the game. So a little bit like Pep's doing, that he's learned over the last three and a half years at Manchester City, that's what he wants to bring. That's his philosophy. Now, that's, that's OK when you've got top players. They haven't got top players at Arsenal there right now. That's going to be difficult to try and transition that. Has he, can he coach in a more pragmatic way? We don't know because he's never coached any team before. It is a big gamble. They feel that they, they're getting greatness you know, before it's kind of gone on the market. Um, I mean, it's just such a huge club and a huge job within a huge club because of the situation of the club and the way they've been playing. This is a, a big, big gamble. I think before that, Rob, they thought they had safe hands with Emery. It's kind of a gamble you can kind of understand with, with Arteta. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's always a gamble with every manager. Mm. Every manager. Maybe when you think of Klopp going to Liverpool and Pep at City, perfect. 
I mean, everything else is a compromise. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done this. It's too much of a gamble, too much of a, an ask to try this guy to turn this, this very difficult job around. Carlo Ancelotti, no doubt, massive coup at Everton. Mm. What's in it for him? Well, the contract's pretty good. £9 million, uh, four-and-a-half-year contract. I mean, I, I like this because this is so different. Listen, we... we a lot of people in the game often talk about the great managers being at big clubs. Yes, they're going to win a lot of things because they're at big clubs with good players. This is a different job. He's never had this sort of job before. He started out at Parma, where, it's, where they're a, a smaller club. But mostly it's going to be great teams. If you look at his league finishes, one, three, five, two, he's always been there. A difficult job again, a different sort of job. Show us you're a great manager, Carlo. Show us with this, uh, again, another difficult situation at Everton. It's interesting, Rob, because in some respects, I would say Everton are punching above their weight. They've, they've got a, a top-end manager, Rebecca. I, I, I was calling him like a mini Mourinho Gone to big clubs, wins things with good players. The other thing I want to find out about Ancelotti is he doesn't go to football clubs to finish 6th, 7th or 8th. What about Everton Football Club? Now we'll find out about this club, about the players, about the environment, about the ambition of a club that's been a huge club with great supporters. Now with Ancelotti, they have a chance to really get amongst that top six. He is the one beaten, Duncan Ferguson, one win and two draws. I just want to go back, though, Robbie Musto, to the substitutions. We'll get to Aubameyang in a second. The substituting a substitute, Moyes Keane, he was criticised heavily all week by virtually everybody from what I can see within the game. Jen Tosin, yes, he goes in early under the 11th minute. Is it the same thing for you to still be substituting a substitute? You shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it, unless there's a, a, a situation where there's nothing else you can do. There's other things he could have done there. And as a player, it is an insulting, it's one of the worst things that can happen to you. Because, first of all, you haven't been picked in the first place. And then you, 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 you're asked to go on to make a, an impact. And then to come off again, it's really hard to take. Moyes Keane was worse last year because there was only, like, less than 20 minutes last between week, yeah. it. I mean, it's longer this time. Yeah. And people might argue, well, he's had a fair crack of the whip. He's been out there a long time. It's still insulting. Absolutely. You saw it when, he got, when his number went up and, and he's mumbling b uh, beneath his breath. I don't like to see it. So what does that tell you Duncan Ferguson was doing with that decision? Well, maybe he was making it about him. And I'm, I'm the manager right now, and I'll make these tough decisions. I don't care. Maybe it's just his attitude is, you know what, I don't care. If, if a player's not doing it, if they started or they come on a sub, I'm going to drag them off. I don't think that's in the best interest of Everton Football Club. Mm -hmm. We'll get on to talk about the, the Arsenal sub as well, for him to do that. Because you've got, now you've got two strikers that are like, wow. You know, I don't know where I stand. That, that point, Rebecca, Duncan Ferguson was at pains to say before the kickoff, Ancelotti's had nothing to do with this team. Well, do you know what? I think that's wrong as well. I think Angelotti should have had something to do. Maybe at half-time, as Robbie suggested, there should have been a conversation. Maybe during the time, should have talked about things. He's now manager of Everton Football Club. That's three points lost for Everton, who at this stage can't afford to, to toss points away. OK, Mikel Arteta watching on as Aubameyang was taken off. Yeah. What would be the reason that Freddie Lundberg didn't play Lacazette and Aubameyang together when Lacazette came on? I'm trying to find the reason, Rebecca. The next game is Boxing Day. There's enough time for rest. He didn't look like he was injured. Again... And I hope it's not the case that it was, this was more about Freddie Lundberg than it was about Arsenal Football Club. And if that's the case, it's a really poor decision. Mark, Mikel Arteta has to go into the, that football club starting tomorrow and get Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang onside. We know Aubameyang's talked about not signing a contract. That decision today didn't help them on the pitch and off it. If something happens out there, Aubameyang is walking around, he's having a nightmare of a day. It's not as though that, that any player or any one player shouldn't be ever be taken off. That's not the case here. But he wasn't having a nightmare. He had one opportunity. Yeah. Other than that... But it's a top want, goal scorer. You want your top if, goal if, scorer if when it's nil-nil. chances, you want a Bamiyang there to yeah. stick it in the back Strange. of the net. So it, it, it 
makes it clear that these two clubs need their two oh. full-time experienced... Oh. Well, Tomorrow. Yeah. Experience. One of experienced, one of them actually isn't yesterday. experienced. <laughs> Mikel Arteta starting work. <laughs> Tomorrow. A point, Duncan. Maybe not the way you wanted to bail out as caretaker manager. Well, obviously, ideally, we wanted three points, but what a fantastic performance we put in. Never quite had the legs in the, you know, throughout the, the game. But um, there was, was gave me a few chances, to be honest, yeah. But the boys didn't have to dig in. I couldn't have asked any more for them. They've been incredible for me. Is that the frustration, just a little bit of lack of quality? It was kind of hectic and scrappy in places. Yeah, I think I think they hope that both sides struggle for a bit of quality. But, of course, we'll be asking the same players to play week in, week out. And I've been a mention, you know, so we're a bit leggy today. But what a fantastic day. They dug it out and they got a, a good clean sheet for us. You're going to be sorry to let this go, aren't you? I'm glad, I'm glad I've ended no defeat. Put it that way, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted we got the draw. And it's an, an extra point. I mean, we're undefeated. We're undefeated since we've been in, so we're absolutely delighted. What about the presence of Carlo Ancelotti now, his arrival, and he takes over next week? What does that mean for you? That's brilliant. It's fantastic for the club, isn't it? I mean, the guy that petty that he come here, I can't wait to start working with him, and I'm sure I'll learn, I'll learn a lot. Have you chatted to him at all? Not at all, no. But hopefully we'll hear a chat tonight and a glass of red wine. <laughs> Work out your role here. That's it, yeah. I think I'll get him a few bottles of red wine doing I might, I might become the uh, co-manager or something. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> Duncan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Exciting times for Everton, having someone like Carlo Ancelotti coming in. What are your, your thoughts on that? How excited are you working with someone with, uh, with his resume? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, uh, it's great. Um, like you say, he's, he's won so many titles, leagues, Champions Leagues, and it's, it's great for us to be able to work under him and learn from him and get better as a player, as individuals and as a squad. Freddie, you're handing over to caretaker's keys. What are you making of that performance today? No, I was very happy. We uh, put a very, very young side out there because I wanted energy. They've been working really hard in, uh, in trainings. So I've I want to give them the chance. Uh, we tried to dominate possession and keep the ball. And you can see Everton uh, getting frustrated and tired. Of course, uh, there's more to come. But that's a building block to try to have that uh, stability when you play football that you can fall back on. And I thought that playing up from the back and keeping the ball and getting up to have a shot in the end was very good. Of course, we want to create more chances in the end, but uh, uh, you have to build things slowly. And uh, thought maybe we won the game with Oba on the back post, and then we had one with Emil. But uh, that's how it is. And uh, they fought really hard, and I love what I saw about the spirit we had on the on the pitch because it's uh, played a Premiership. You need to have spirit. If you don't have spirit, you don't win. Or you don't even you lose. Mikel Arteta came into the dressing room before the match. What was the message? He just wants us to. You know, be brave, take take responsibility, and and work hard for each other. Um, you know, those were the messages from him. Um, I feel we uh, we did that today, um, and now there's more. You know, we go to the training ground. There's a lot more we we can work on. Um, his philosophy and the things he wants to bring to the team. Um, I'm sure we'll be working hard on that this week. A number of things to talk about. Robbie Musso, I'll start with you. Fantastic performance, at Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it wasn't. Um, it's never easy to, to come in and try and put a positive spin. He has affected the club, though, Rebecca, with... It, they are unbeaten. He's got five points from his three Premier League games. They're still in, in a bad situation, but it certainly wasn't fantastic. And he talked about the lack of quality. They had a midweek game, to be fair, as well, in the League Cup, which was disappointing for them. They lost on penalties. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, they're, they're both trying to hand it back to say, you know, we've done our best and, and, and on, on with it. The, 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 the truth is, both these teams are massively lacking of where they should be. I know the squads aren't brilliant, but they're better than what they've shown. And the interim managers, I'd say Big Duncan's done a better job than yeah. Freddie Lundberg, but these new two guys can't take over quick enough. OK, so tomorrow they're both going to work, the two new managers. Yeah. What do they first do to each of these teams? 
Ross? Good question. They've got to create an identity for both football clubs to start playing football. You remember the shot of Angelotti shaking his head when Everton gave the ball away? That's because you don't quite know what Everton are. You don't quite know how they're going to play. He's got to put a formula down that everybody buys into, everybody knows the roles and responsibilities, and then we will start to see some progress at, at Everton and at Arsenal Football Club. I agree with Robbie just on the interims. I think at least Duncan's gone in yeah. and something happened. Yeah. Games against Man U, Chelsea and Arsenal, not bad for five points. No. Freddie Lundberg... Didn't, didn't do an awful yeah. lot. Yeah, Mick Arteta talked to his press conference about speaking to the team, speak to the squad, see how they fee, feel, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I think that's a good idea. Speak to Arsenal players like, because it's gone badly wrong, why? Listen, and then, of course, put a plan in place to try and improve it. Robbie, did that game play out and finish with the result that you were expecting overall? Um, close to it. I, I, did, I did predict a win of, of Man City in a narrow victory. It was a little bit, uh, of course, more comfortable. But the tactic, tactically, was so interesting. And Pep won. Pep won tactics-wise today. Um, their football was very good. Their pressing was very good. So that, that kind of limited the, the opportunities for Leicester City to find them out defensively with counter-attacking. So that was really, really good. I think when you look at the, the guys interviewed there, the front players of City were the difference. Mares, Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne were just much better than the Leicester equivalents of Perez and, and Barnes and Madison. So I, I just was a little disappointed that Brennan Rodgers mm. didn't address the issue of, of uh, Wilfred and Didi with one side Kevin De Bruyne, the other side uh, Ryan Sterling, and he's caught in between. The third goal comes from that, um, so Pep got it spot on. So Brendan could have done more, could he, Brendan Rodgers? He could then? possibly have done more, Rebecca. I felt I learned something today. I'd never seen a line of danger between the lines. So between the defensive line and the midfield line, Manchester City had Sterling and De Bruyne who ran the game from there. Now, what Brendan might have done is said to Tielemans, you're going to have to come back in here and mark one of those players. But the problem with City today, Rebecca, is they had so much fluid movement, I thought it was a bit of a clinic. I thought the best attack in the league were too good for the best defence in the league. And, and as Robbie said, I thought Pep outcoached uh, Brendan Rodgers' team today. I, I thought they were, it was a 3-1 result, but was clearly that they were the better team. Robbie Musto, he talked there of his ambition being trying to get the club into Europe, whether it's Europa League or Champions League. In a moment, we'll talk about how you think he might do that, what are the steps he'll take. But are those the right ambitions for you? Ultimately, yeah. I think there's got to be a realisation around the football club that mistakes have been made in recruitment. And it won't be easy. And he will need time. And in that time... The Everton fans, and I get it, they've been frustrated for so many years when they think it's a new dawn with a new manager, Ronald Koeman or Marco Silva, um, that they get frustrated and they get you know, annoyed with it at some point. Please be patient with this guy. The first thing he's going to get is huge respect in the dressing room, and that's the first thing that any manager going into a dressing room will want. Automatically gets it for what he's done. It's a great coup for the football club. But he is going to need time. He is going to need patience. He is probably going to need money, Rebecca, because mistakes have been made and some of the players that are brought in for big money aren't good enough to get to where they want to be. But absolutely right, back to your question, this football club deserves to be, should be, the size of the history, the ambition to be in and around the top six to try and uh, progress there. And Ancelotti has been there, he's done it all before, but it is a different challenge. But that's where, yeah, rightly, he wants to take them. That's what's really interesting, because he's done something that only two other managers have ever done, Zinedine yeah. Zidane and Bob Paisley at Liverpool, with yeah. winning the Champions League three mm. times. So, as Robbie says, yeah. he's done it all before. Yeah. This different challenge, though, yeah. if you were a really, really top-class manager, yeah. should you not excel in any circumstances? Yes, but it'll take time. He'll need to have an improvement of quality of the footballer. 
Where I go with this conversation with Becker is before we're going to get success and, and getting into Europe and challenging for titles, he's got to do two things for me. Give Everton an identity. When I think of Everton Football Club, I don't quite know what they are, how they play, what they do. The shake of the head in, in, in the preview, we, in the pregame we saw where they're playing football and not everybody's on, on, on the same wavelength. The second thing for me at Everton Football Club is the environment at the football club is not conducive to good football and good players. And let me tell you why. Players go there and become worse. Their reputation be becomes less. Michael Keane, Gilfie Sigerson, Morgan Snidling, Jenk Tosin, Theo Walcock, I could continue. Players who they've spent a lot of money on who go to that football club and don't go on to the next level. There used to be a saying in football, well, if you're not quite good enough for the top four, maybe you're an Everton player. Well, what is an Everton player? Do you think, therefore, there's a chance that it could taint his legacy in any way and that this is such a risk for him personally, is it not? Mm, it really is, and that's why I love it. That's why I love it. Show us you're a great manager. And it's not easy. I, I'm not sure it's a great comparison, but Mamma Pellegrini is a champion. He's a Premier League champion, and he took a job at West Ham United, mm. and we went in there, and the expectation was that, that he was going to bring back the great football, and we've seen little bits of that, but there's struggles as well. Now, I'm not saying it's going to go the same way, but he does have to realise that he isn't working with elite players anymore, that, that he will have to coach more. He's got to show us that he's a coach. And you talk about philosophy, it's really interesting, because what is it going to be? Because the Everton that I know is a fast-paced, mm. high-energy, mm. uh, aggressive, yeah. longer-ball style that ain't going to be him. Mm. So he's going to change yep. that. And that, that direction oh, you're talking play, about yeah. is going to be very interesting to see how he can manage it at that club. OK, let's talk Arsenal, because Mikel Arteta is the new manager. Never, ever managed a game of football before. <laughs> no. If you're one of those Arsenal players yeah. and he walks through the door who's yeah. never managed a game, what yeah. are you thinking? He doesn't quite get the instant respect that Ancelotti gets because he hasn't won, won the trophies. Great, great um, career as a footballer. Has got reputation now working with Pep. What I want him to do going into that football club, Rebecca, what I'm looking for is leadership. This football club has drifted for the last couple of years. It, Emery managed the club, he didn't lead it. Arsene Wenger, towards the end, I think lost touch of what, what was important. This guy has to get hold of this football club, give it some direction, put down a way of playing and get everybody on board going the right way. And along that journey, he's going to lose a few, and that's fine. He's not going to want a few, and that's fine. But he has to start saying, Arsenal Football Club, this is who we are, this is what we do, come with me. What do you think Arsenal believe he's got that Carlo Ancelotti doesn't have? Longevity. Maybe they're looking for greatness. Maybe they're looking for the next big thing. And he does speak very, very well. His press conference was very well. He's an intelligent guy. But we all know, we spoke about it yesterday, that this is a different situation being an assistant manager to being a manager. Mm. The first thing he's got to do is talk. He's got to talk to his squad. He's got to understand what's going on. He's got to talk to several players that may be unsettled. Your Meza Ozil, your Granit Xhaka, your Aubameyang, your Lacazette, maybe he's got to speak to David Luiz. And then he's got to talk more about convincing them. And he's talked about that, convincing them that he's the guy and that he's going to have a plan and you're either with me or you're without me. And I think he's absolutely spot on with that. He doesn't want a room that's people nudging each other and kind of, Does you know, that happen? Yes, oh, totally happens. So how long does he have until a nudge might happen? Well, he's got to other. figure... Start, he's got to speak to them. Yeah. If, they, if you don't want to be in with me, then off your pop. We don't, we don't need you. Sometimes the first conversation, by the, by the way, the first time he sits in front of you and starts talking and you're not sure, yeah, one or two go. You've got to be convinced. You've got yeah. to be, he's got to be real and yeah. genuine and believable mm. because those players will see through it in a yeah. flash. That's what he's got to do to start with. 
frustrating day for Manchester United. Just their second defeat in their last 11 in all competitions. We'll get to Watford in just a second, Robbie L. But mm. just as United looked yeah. like they had shifted into gear, finally mm. under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, they go to the bottom club and lose. Absolutely makes no sense, Rebecca, of what Manchester United are trying to achieve. And when you look at the teams that they've beaten, and I look at Spurs, Manchester City and Chelsea... And you look at the teams that they've lost against, West Ham Palace, Newcastle, Bournemouth, now Watford, it tells me that on days when they need to get up for games, they do and get results. But games when yeah, it could be one of those days, it doesn't happen. tells me that Manchester United are a cup team, so on any given day they can play well, but on a consistent basis, this is who they are. Team News, Tottenham Chelsea coming up in just a second. Your thoughts on both United and Watford? Please? Yeah, lack, lack on-field leadership in difficult times and quality. I mean, for me, it's as simple as that. I've said from two months ago, Man United, some good, some bad. Now, in recent weeks, I'm like, wow, this is better. More consistent, good results, back-to-back wins. This is better. But this was a down again, so it's another bad day for United. And that's the way it's going to be with this current setup. Now, if they can uh, add in January and add a couple of bits of player uh, to, to make this 11 better, then that might improve. But at the moment, it's some good and some bad. Your old mate, Nigel? He's doing it. He's doing it. You said it before the game, Rob, yeah. that, that they need a big win against mm. a big team. They had it today. They've got Pereira back. Dini is back. They can go on a run of wins, mm. Watford. They can still do it. Nigel Pearson, former teammate of Robbie Musto at Middlesbrough. Plenty more reaction to the game itself. Unfortunately, though, we have to discuss the alleged racist abuse that Arlo White talked about that... Uh, seemingly has happened again in a Premier League game. We're going to show you the moment Antonio Rudiger, the Chelsea defender here, seemingly trying to get attention from his captain, Cesar Azpilicueta, showing the, a monkey gesture, which he looks to us like he is saying he has seen, he has heard, coming from the stands here at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Three stadium announcements. We heard racist behaviour, they said, from spectators, is interfering with the game. Please remember that racism has no place in football. That announcement came over the loud tannoy system at the stadium. As Piliqueta spoke to Anthony Taylor, the referee, here he is. Heading over to his fourth official on the side, where the two managers are as well. You may remember just a couple of weeks ago... The Manchester derby also marred by alleged racist abuse. One arrest was made after that match. Jose Mourinho and Frank Lampard being spoken to there by Anthony Taylor, pointing in the direction of where Anthony, Antonio Rudiger was and where he was making those gestures that he appeared to be saying were coming in his direction. Here he is talking to the ref from the crowd. These are the pictures that we have. And it is a topic of conversation, gentlemen, we don't want to have after a, a fascinatingly entertaining game of football in a London derby. We have to have them. It's mm. crucial and important, Robbie L, we talk yeah. about this. What's your reaction, please, to what now has to happen mm. to try and move the situation forward? We had a first today, Rebecca, three stadium announcements about racist behaviour in a stadium. It's the first time I've ever heard that. We should have had another first. And Tony Rudiger, his captain, Cesar Aspilicueta, well, Frank Lampard should have taken the team off the, off the field. Then, globally, the world would have realised that the Premier League has a racial, racial problem and they were dealing with it, or it would have to be dealt with. That's how strong I think the measure should have been today. Do you think that that was even... Would that have even been a conversation that might have been going on, or do you think we're still very far away from that happening in a Premier League game, Robbie? 
The way that Aspilicueta went to the referee as, as captain of Chelsea Football Club, I thought it might be, might be in his mind. And I, I just think if we're going to take this seriously, Rebecca, if every week or every other week after the Manchester derby recently, the London, this London derby today, we're not going to be having these conversations. Unless we start to, to say we have to make some drastic changes with our game, we'll be continuing. We start a new decade in a, in a, in a few days. And the old stain of racism in football continues to come with us. Had they taken the, f the players off the field, that message would have been, what do you think, to everybody watching around the world? That this is unacceptable. That it, English football, the Premier League, are taking this thing seriously. And we would start to get parts of stadiums or stadiums closed down or, or teams playing behind closed doors. Because if that's what, it, what it's going to take to stop this, then that's where we've got to go. Your thoughts, Robbie Musto, on this? Uh, the FA... The governing body in, in English football have got to do more. Nothing's working. Two weeks ago, we were having the same conversation here. And, you know, at some point, it seems unfair, but sections of, of stadiums have got to be closed. Mm. Fans can't go in there. And then you, you might have a whole stadium closed to fans because of it. Maybe that might help fans self-police a little bit and, and, and pull out people that are doing this stuff. I just feel, Rebecca, that over the years, it hasn't been treated seriously enough. Mm. It's like an inconvenience that they'll deal with, deal with. Even an arrest of a player, of a fan, mm. two, weeks, two weeks ago has made no difference. So please, the governing body, the Football Association, do something now. Treat this head on. Mm. It is an issue. It's serious. It's getting, it's getting worse as the weeks go on. And whether it's take the players off, but something different, please, to try and address this and stop this happening. During your career, Robbie Musto, had you been in a situation in a team where your captain had said... We're winning 2-0. I mean, I know it sounds trivial, but unfortunately in football it does come down mm. to results. If your captain said, we're winning 2-0, we're going to support our teammate, would you have been more than happy to go? Of course. Of mm. course. No question. It isn't just a black player thing, Rebecca. That, that's, I think, the bigger problem here. When you've got a teammate who, who you play with, who's your best mate, who you work with, who you go through everything with, and you see that happening to him, it's shared. And we saw that with the England players in Bulgaria, that they were just as upset as, as any of the black players. This is, this is football's problem, and we've all got to be part of it, and we've all got to be part of the solution. OK, Cesar Azpilicueta, the Chelsea manager, has just been asked about this alleged racist abuse. Let's hear from that. We'll be back with the guys in a sec. But Cesar, I must ask you about the incident in the second half. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what Tony Rudiger said to you and what happened from there? Well, it, uh, you know, it's very clear every time we have meetings in the Premier League and with the referees before uh, the game, uh, we are... We have been told to, to report if uh, any incident with uh, racism happens uh, straight away to, to report to, a ref, to the ref. So Tony came to me and, uh, and told me that he was, uh, he was uh, listening to some uh, racism uh, songs toward him. So I just uh, I reported to the ref immediately and you know, I left, uh, I left, uh, I left to, to the ref to do his job because we are very, very concerned and very aware of uh, this, uh, this behaviour and all together we need to, to stop. Do you know if any other Chelsea players heard it at all? No, because obviously we, we went straight to, to play because, you know, the incident uh, with Son and his red car was towards this, uh, this area and uh, it's where it happened. So now I hope uh, everything gets clear and... And we eradicate it uh, as soon as possible because it's uh, an issue not only in football but in, in life. And all together we, we need to work uh, uh, towards the, the eradication of, of, of the problem. That interview there by Cesar Azpilicueta, what more can he say? But we have heard the same sentiments yeah. out of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. after the Manchester yeah. derby, what, 15 days ago. 
he's talking now about the referee doing his job. Of course, we had three stadium announcements, yeah. which didn't appear to make any difference. Otherwise, no. I would suggest they wouldn't keep making them. Correct. So you're talking about being stronger yeah. from above. Yeah. The Premier League referees and those that govern the, the game yeah. need to start clamping down and making drastic action for this, would you agree? Absolutely, and they need the support and the direction of the Premier League and the FA. So that, what, is it one stadium announcement, second stadium announcement, third time, off you come. So, the, so the, the referees know, so they're in control, so the captain knows, so everybody's aware of what we're going on. At the moment, we could have had ten stadium announcements. And then what happens in two weeks' time when, when it, the thing happens again? We need some direction and some real leadership from the Premier League and the FA on, on this subject because it isn't going away, Rebecca. And it's in different leagues all over Europe and all over the world. I mean, we know the Premier League is watched everywhere. I mean, it's a hugely watched league. Make a statement. Do yeah. something with it. And that must help situations in other leagues and trying to eradicate this. And we keep saying it's a society problem. Well, the Premier League... In some respects, concentrate on, on what your subject is. Premier League football and Premier League team and Premier League players. Deal with that issue and maybe some of that will start to seep into society and, and help the problem on, on a bigger basis. OK, Tottenham's defender Toby Alderweireld has just spoken on this topic as well. I've got to ask you finally, Toby, about the announcements. I don't know if you heard them during the game, but there were three announcements for racist behaviour, warning the fans of racist behaviour. Antonio Rudiger claiming that uh, he was the victim of that. What did, did you make of that? What would you comment on that? Yeah, I didn't know what uh, what happened. Um, of course, if it's true, I think uh, I know the club will do the things he, they need to be done. I think racist is not. Uh, we don't have to do this anymore. You know, it's it's a shame. Um, I feel I feel sorry. You know, um, hopefully uh, they will know uh, who it was and they will punish them. Thanks, David. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, let's just take a moment to put ourselves in Antonio Rudiger's shoes. I know you've suffered it yourself, mm. Robbie Earl. Mm. How's he going to feel tonight? A little bit, um, what would be the word? Solitary. You kind of internalise it. You have to control yourself. You're a professional footballer. You've got to get on with your job. But you go home and you put the mask on, Rebecca, and you say the right things in the media and, and you sort of say, well, yeah, hopefully they'll do things. But you go home and it hurts. It really hurts. OK. Gentlemen, thank you. If we hear any more, if there are any arrests or if anything else happens following this alleged incident of racist abuse... During the London derby between Spurs and Chelsea, we will, of course, bring it to you. Chelsea have gone to Spurs and beaten them by two goals to nil. Unfortunately, though, once again, the game was marred by allegations of racist abuse. We'll bring you the highlights in just a moment. But first, here is the Spurs manager, Jose Mourinho, on what happened during the game. Unfortunately, not a laughing matter. Uh, yet again, an allegation of racism in an English football ground. What's your reaction to what you saw and the announcements were made? I saw nothing. I saw the referee following the, the protocol. I saw the referee speaking with Mariner. I saw the referee coming to me and to Lampard and tell us what was, was going on. And the protocol was followed. And, of course, our club will, will deal with, uh, with it because uh, we are one of, one of the clubs. We are one of the clubs, but every club is together on this on this, um, on this situation, and of course we are disappointed, but the protocols were followed. Jose, what are your thoughts on that defeat and the manner of the defeat? I think, uh, first half, they were the best team, but one thing is to arrive at half-time losing 1-0, another thing is arriving losing 2-0, and uh, we have to blame ourselves by both goals. Uh, 
the first goal is a short corner. We know how to defend a short corner. We didn't. And the second goal, obviously, is, um, is a penalty. Um, so we have to blame ourselves. In the second half, we, we were much better. And then we stay with, uh, with one player less and one player less against a team that likes the ball, against a team that moves the ball, that has players technically uh, very, very good, was, was then very, very difficult. In spite of that, uh, a reaction, in spite of that uh, pride, in spite of that uh, search for a, for a goal that could uh, emotionally change the state of, uh, of the game. But not, uh, but not possible. And uh, I hope uh, that uh, Rodiger recovers quick from the broken ribs, because for sure he will have a few broken ribs. And that was um, a crucial moment of the game, where I also uh, thought that uh, the VAR was uh, was a great referee of this game. Jose Mourinho <laughs> at his best, for mm. sure. A few broken ribs. Your reaction, Robbie Musto, to that? It's red. I don't care what he says, it's a red card. You can't have a player uh, throwing his studs up into a player's midriff section. It's a kick-out. We've seen red cards given Rebecca over the years for, for little kick-outs, a lot less than that, so I have no problem with that. I agree with Jose Mourinho in the first part of that. He wants a tougher team. He wants a stronger team defensively. It's too easy to play and score against Spurs right now, which is not a Mourinho ideal. That The short corner should have been dealt with with more bodies to smother Willian. And the goalkeeper, it's, a, it's just a bad decision again. Uh, Gazaniga and again he wants his teams to make good decisions and to be mentally tough Hyomin Son I'm sorry has got to be tougher than that you can't do that you're risking the team with that sort of behavior you know whether you think it was or it wasn't I mean it looked pretty pretty bad from where I was uh, sitting so um, that's what he wants he doesn't want to be 2-0 down because his game plan goes out the window he's got to chase it Reno's not great at chasing the way that he's his uh, teams generally play. He wants to keep it nice and tight and grind away and find a way to a victory, which he didn't get. Classic Jose. Talk about the red cards. So we're talking about that. <laughs> By the way, his team didn't turn up today, really. He, the special one got the schooled one. The apprentice was better than the master today. Chelsea's system, style of play, strength, was too much for, for a Spurs team that, that didn't get going, that couldn't get Deli Alley in the game, that couldn't get Harry Kane into dangerous areas. And Jose Marino, in some respects, got outcoached. The detail he's talking about... The only thing I'd say, he needs his team to be stronger. There's two avoidable goals... Which, which he needs his teams. Oh, his teams, at, at, his take, teams need take, to be very strong goal, defensively. Take the goals out of that game. Chelsea were the better team. More organised in their press. Better possession. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, looked, I'm, looked more comfortable in their team his, shape. His, and they changed their team But Mourinho's shape. successful teams are, are stronger defensively. So he doesn't, he doesn't want to come from 2-0 down. You don't often see that with his teams. So, yeah, I agree. The, the coaching part and the tactical part for Frank Lampard was, was fantastic. But Mourinho has seen that before. And he's like, OK, you have the ball. And he's been incredibly strong. And they find a way to get into it and to win it. His team so at the moment conceding too many goals. Then, that aren't, that aren't, that aren't doing it. That aren't level. doing it. Right. So Goalkeepers, that, not, that's, so a, that's, that's a collision decision. at some point. Yeah. At some point, something's yeah. going to And he might want new players with a stronger mentality, a better defensive nous to sniff out those situations so they don't concede the goals and they'll find a way to neutralise the system or, or come on and, and win games like that. Well, the January transfer window opens yeah. <laughs> next week for Jose Mourinho. Let's go back to the stadium and listen to the report file just a few moments ago from Marlo Leon Gray. Well, it was an afternoon that we saw the best of the Premier League on the field 
and the worst of it off the field with the racist behaviour eliciting three stadium announcements during the game. But, gentlemen, it was billed as master against pupil, as uh, Frank Lampard against his old manager, Jose Mourinho. And tactically, Lampard won the day. How? Yeah, absolutely. Changed the system before. We, uh, we, we saw that what he was going to do. And it worked perfectly well. Jorginho left out of the side. I think he was kind of surplus to requirements, certainly the way he had the vision of the game panned out with three centre-backs pushing his wing-backs into that midfield. And Tottenham had no answer. Everything they did, uh, Mount and Willian, were absolutely superb for Chelsea. Probably the best I've seen the pair of them play. Um, they dominated the midfield. They broke. Abraham held the ball up. Everything they did today was absolutely spot on. Their energy... And the flip side of that, Graham, was that Tottenham had no answer for it, did they? No, they were they were poor. And I think from Jose Mourinho's perspective, he's got a lot of unanswered questions. Um, and you look at that squad, and and you start to think, well, how's it? How's he going to play? What's his best system? And who in that team is is going to be? You, you said the word surplus to requirement. Yeah. I think there's a few of them there that will be looking at themselves, thinking, am I going to be part of these? future plans because their performance forget the tactics their attitude wasn't right they looked second to everything they didn't really look like they believed in what they were doing they couldn't figure out Chelsea's system and they didn't do that on the pitch and you need people on the pitch as we've discussed to say I'm having a problem here give me something give me something to get me out of this problem for the next 10 minutes then we'll go back to what we started doing but that didn't happen and I thought it was um, I thought it was a poor performance all round by Spurs might be an obvious question but who's most likely to finish top 4 out of these two sides after today well at the moment you say Chelsea but they've had a bad run and now all of a sudden they they they're pushing for that spot but I think Tottenham will bounce back Mourinho's a, a, a good enough manager to work something out and um, well yeah I think you've got you know Spurs have, have improved vastly improved under Mourinho they've got to, they've got to sort of get put that behind them and and get on with it. Okay, big London derby goes the way of Chelsea by two goals to nil, and they stay in the top four. Frank, those scenes at the end that tell us what that meant to you? Yeah, but it might look a bit like what it meant to me, and it does mean a lot to me. But I think it's what it means to this club and the players and the fans. The fans have come here, having watched us lose a few games, have a dip. They've stuck with us. So all I hear from fans is, "We know we're young." We, we want to do a certain thing, we're happy with the academy, but what we need to do is show them what we can do. And I think the fight showed by the lads today, and that was my thing before the game, was fight. Can we fight to show that we can go and beat a big team? Big team, Tottenham are a big team. Because we've competed with big teams, and for some reason we haven't won those games, and we've been as good as them. Today we were everything. So that's why we should get excited at the end. It doesn't mean it's the end, because you know, there's a long, long way to go. So it's not over-celebration, it's just enjoying the moment, and now we need to keep working. You're the first team, a former Jose team, that he's failed to beat. 13 others have tried. Is that a feather in your cap? I'm, I'm not bothered about that. He's, he's a special manager. He's a great manager and I've got huge respect for him and he was very respectful there in the game, uh, at the end of the game. Um, so I'm not bothered about that little sort of moment or a bit of history or whatever it is. That just shows how good he's been, to be fair. Um, but what I'm bothered about is that my players, the players, have put in a performance which shows what they can do again. Now we need to do it much more. We need to bottle that, bottle up that preparation, bottle that spirit and that, that technical ability and bravery and do it again and again to get to where we want to get to. Unfortunately, a serious negative on the day. Can you tell us what Tony Rudiger has said to you and your understanding of what happened? My understanding there was a racist comment or gesture or, or whatever that may be. Um, I haven't spoken fully to Tony about it, but I know uh, Cesar 
was there as well. Um, and now they're speaking to the officials as they should do afterwards. From our point of view, we'd be clear whether it was at Stamford Bridge or whether it's here or any stadium, we would absolutely want the right procedure in because we don't want to see that sort of stuff. We know that. So we'll leave that to them to get on with. The thoughts there of the Chelsea manager, Frank Lampard. Still no further news following that allegation of racism in the game. Any more before we go off air here on Goals and we'll bring it to you. Talking football, Robbie Earl, mm. has Frank Lampard today taken a serious managerial mm. step forward? Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. I think, well, certainly people like us, the journalists, we're all talking about Tottenham winning this, this game, jumping above Chelsea, Chelsea on, on that dip. And he was brave, Rebecca. We, we talked on, on, on our podcast recently about what would Frank do going, going to, against Spurs, against Jose. And he changed his team. And he was brave with what he did. And he took Jorginho out because it wasn't his day. And then he brought him into the game when, when Spurs went down to 10 men and he won his possession. He, he, he got his wide players to stay out wide that stretch Spurs. He got Mount and he, he got Willian running in between Abraham. And it, and it disabled the, the, the Spurs' defence. So we know he's, he, he's sort of growing with, with his team. We know it's a young team, but he's learning. He's getting better. I thought that was one of his best days. You agree? Yeah, I mean, a, a learning experience for the players, confidence builder for the players, in an inexperienced in manager, in Frank Lampard, that he can change things tactically yeah. and brilliantly. To be fair, they had no midweek games, they had eight days to prepare for this, and it looked like it. Just, just a, stunning, a stunning performance. And the three central defenders, now I'm not sure we're going to see this all the time, mm. but I'll tell you what, you and I've got, a, you have got naturally gifted defenders, Rudiger, Zuma and Tamori, were, were colossal today. Very aggressive, very quick. You've got youth, you've got... Um, aggression in, that, in those three centre-backs. Again, I'm not sure we're going to always see it, but it's nice. And Frank Lampard talked about the fight and you had a lovely balance of those aggressive defenders with the technical players that were brave to get on the ball. Just a, an excellent job by Frank Lampard. There was a video that was going around, Rebecca, when I think Jose Mourinho was, was in the last days as a Sky Pundit and he talked about worrying about the young players of Chelsea in big games and, and not being sure if, if like, they needed more experience. I just wonder if Frank Lampard played that to one or two of the younger players before today. Tammy Abraham was really up for the game. Mason Mount was outstanding. Tamuri at the back in the Zuma. They proved a point today. Top four at Christmas. Top four come the end of the season, Chelsea? No. Oh. Yeah, they've got a chance. Yeah. Well, that's not an answer. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Robin Musto. Yeah, Chelsea make it and Spurs will make it. Wow. OK, now I have to go to break. I mean, after Leicester. that revelation... I just think, I just think really? Leicester might, over okay. the second half of the season, might just drop out. Jose, can, can you give your reaction to, to the, 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 the alleged incident that happened, please? To the alleged incident? I think you... The racism. The racist allegation of racism. No, I'm, I'm in the game. I'm focusing the game. I'm too far from the area where it looks like the incident happened. I have not much to say apart of, of saying that it's something that sets me. Uh, I hate racism in society, I hate racism in, in football. I'm disappointed that uh, things like, like that uh, still can happen. But the referee stopped the game, he spoke with the players, spoke with the captains, spoke with the coaches. Uh, I was losing, I don't want the game to be stopped. But immediately when I knew the reason why the game was stopped, I obviously understood and accepted it. And I think also the club is a very proud club in this kind of, uh, of situations. And the club also internally will try uh, to deal with it. The Tottenham manager, Jose Mourinho, there. Um, Robbie Elshin, figures like Jose Mourinho, mm. like Frank Lampard, like others in 
big positions and yeah. high-profile positions on who have platforms mm. be doing more when asked questions about these allegations? Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed in that, Rebecca, and, and sort of frustrated. Jose Mourinho is his so-called special one. He has a huge media platform. He has a huge football platform. If he says something strong, the world will listen. And I just thought he... he times we're getting the platitudes and just the, the, the very sort of staid sort of comments that they aren't really getting to the heart of where the problem is. I mean, it's tough, Robbie Musto, because you can't ask one person to try and save the situation and mm. save the world, if you like, but we all have a responsibility. Mm. So if you do have that platform and you mm. do have that audience and that profile, mm. you have to try and move the dial, don't you? Uh, 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 yeah, aren't we trying to, to get somebody to say something different to change yeah. things? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing. We want, we want change with yeah. this. And whether it's a manager, whether it's a football club, whether it's a set of supporters, whether it's the FA, which I think is, is paramountly important, Somebody's got to do something different, Rebecca. I was just going to keep happening. You know, two weeks ago to this week to next week. There's, I think there's a lower league one recently as well. Somebody's got to do something to change it. Obviously, ideally from the Football Association, but if a Pep Guardiola or, or a Jose Mourinho or somebody can say something stronger, maybe something might change. You asked me earlier how Antonio Rudiger would feel. He, he'll watch that and that'll hurt him. Because basically, he's been abused today, racially abused or allegedly racially abused, and nothing really has happened. So, you know, it's obviously not a big deal. That's how he'll feel sitting at home, not having the support and the public kind of outrage that should be. And someone like Jose Mourinho knows his platform. If he said something strong, everybody would start to take notice. Frank, do you think that it might come to the point where teams are going to have to walk off because it doesn't seem to be stopping this at all? It's been a year of this now, of racism towards players. I don't know, and I think I've got to be careful to start talking as this was a matter of fact what's happened. I think it will be looked into in terms of walking off the pitch. I think that has to feel right in the moment until that moment comes. Um, I think I don't want to guess what I would do. It, it, it would depend on what the players are saying, what they're feeling. I will be absolutely 100% behind them uh, if, and I'm sure it would be a group decision, but we're not there yet. So, you know, it's hypothetical to a degree. Boxing Day and Friday looks on air at 7 a.m. For Tottenham Brighton, Chelsea, Southampton, Man United, Newcastle, and how about that one? Leicester City against Liverpool at 3 p.m. the day after Christmas on Boxing Day. And then Friday, our coverage begins at 2 as Man City go to Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that is all from us today on a weekend that saw Everton and Arsenal both appoint new interesting managers, plus big wins for Man City, Watford and for Chelsea. We'll be right back here, Boxing Day, 11 and a half hours of live Premier League coverage. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas to all. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.